Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 says, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he teaches today's portion of this week's message entitled, Speak Truth. Speaking truth each one of you with his neighbor has to do with the things that we say in relationships between Christians. Now, truth, obviously, in one sense, that refers to all truth. Remember, earlier in chapter 4, the theology of unity in verses 4, 5, and 6, doctrinal essentials that are non-negotiable. We, we speak that truth. If someone is out of bounds regarding one of those things, we go in love and we speak truth to, to explain to them what God actually says. But it also refers to, the speaking truth also refers to speaking truthfully, speaking honestly. So he's using it in the most, using truth here in the most general sense. We must speak biblical truth, but we must also speak with integrity and honesty. Now I want you to notice a preposition here. Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. With might not be the preposition that you would use for speaking with your neighbor. You might say, speak to your neighbor. That's more like the way we would tend to say it. But this implies, by using the word with, this implies mutual interaction. You and your Christian friends, you and your Christian brothers and sisters must speak truth and speak honestly, truthfully, with each other. So this goes further than what he said back in verse 15. There he says, speaking truth in love, we're to grow up into Christ. So that's part of teaching each other, explaining to, other, to each other what it's like to be in Christ. Now he's talking about our mutual interactions with each other. Remember back to verse 16 of this chapter, where we grow up into Christ in the, in the body of Christ with what each joint supplies? And what's the analogy there? It's that the relationships between Christians in the body of Christ are like the joints within your physical body. A hand is a good thing, but it doesn't work very well if it's not attached to a forearm which is attached to an elbow, which is attached to the upper arm, which is attached to the shoulder, and ultimately it's plugged into the processing center in the brain. So we need all those joints to be functioning. Every Christian needs to be involved with as many other Christians as possible, and those joints are how communication flows back and forth, coordination happens, how the body actually functions, because we are members of one another. That just says it again, our mutual relationship and how badly we need each other. 
We're not just like, well, I, I have my ID card that says I belong to that group. Now, you might find this hard to believe. I have a thing in my pocket that says I belong to a gym. I am bad at that, all right? But I belong to the body of Christ, and it's not optional. It's not go when you feel like it. It's not if something hurts, go try to fix it. Yes, by all means, do that if it hurts. This is constant, always. We are members of one another. I don't know what it means to be a Christian not committed to a local church, except that it means that person either at a minimum doesn't understand what God says or is a flaming hypocrite because we are members of one another. John Chrysostom was a a Christian writer in the late 4th century. Here's something he wrote. Let not the eye lie to the foot, nor the foot to the eye. If there be a deep pit and its mouth covered with reeds shall present to the eye the appearance of solid ground, will not the eye use the foot to ascertain whether it is hollow underneath or whether it is firm and resists? Will the foot tell a lie and not the truth as it is? And what again if the eye were to spy a serpent or a wild beast? Will it lie to the foot? We need the whole body to work together. The Apostle Paul wrote it in another way to another group of people. Not really in another way. Same words, Romans 12, 5. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of of one another. I love how he says both of those things. We are members of the body of Christ, but we are members of one another. So speaking the truth with one another is crucial to the life of the new man. It's crucial for us to minister to one another in the body of Christ. We don't have the option to just keep our mouth shut and hide in the corner. That's not how Christianity works. We're commanded to speak to one another. Now, when God says, do this, if you refuse to do it, what is that? That would be sin. So, even if we see a brother or sister doing something that is problematical, doing something wrong, we're not entitled to just say nothing. We need to speak truth in love, thereby helping one another to mature in Christ, even if it's going to be a a potentially difficult conversation. If there's a divisive issue in the body of Christ, if there's a, a, a broken relationship, well, if it's over a difference of doctrine, we need to go and study the truth and talk about the truth. If someone is stirring up trouble by backbiting, criticizing somebody else, not to confront that is to leave the door open to developing bitterness. That's how distrust takes hold. That's how resentment gets started. When there's a misunderstanding, if we don't discuss it and resolve it, we needlessly perpetuate a bad situation. And by the way, Those things always get worse. They don't just go away. 
they need to be resolved. If somebody believes something contrary to Scripture, we don't do them any favor if we avoid that subject. If somebody gossips, now what is gossiping? Well, it is person A going to person B and criticizing person C. That's gossip. When you do that, you give the devil the afternoon off because you've done his work for him. His purpose is to sow discord among the brethren. If you're person A and you know that person C is doing something wrong, go talk to person C. Don't talk to person B. Talk to person C. The only reason you would talk to person B is if you said, I've spoken to person C and, and, and he doesn't quite see it. Would you come with me? Let's sit down and let's lovingly speak to him in stereo. Otherwise, it's, it's gossip. Paul wrote the very same thought to uh, a nearby church from his same imprisonment. He wrote to the, um, the church at Colossae in these words, Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old man with its evil practices. Now, there's one verse. That is a really well-designed, one-point outline. But rather than scurry on, like I meant to, to the other commands in this section, I'd like us to think about some ways to apply what this says. Laying aside falsehoods, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Need I say this is essential in every marriage? Now, does that mean you have to say every single thing that comes into your mind to every other person you can get a word in edgewise with? No. But it means you need to be oriented toward God's truth, and what you say has to be truthful, and it has to be spoken in love with the understanding that we need each other. Absolutely essential with your spouse. Absolutely essential with your kids. Um, I've been known to read Dear Abby every once in a while, and I so often think of Ephesians 4.25 or Ephesians 4.15. They're always writing there and saying, oh, well, my, 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 my cousin-in-law is saying this and doing this, and I just don't know what to do. Quit writing to the newspaper and go talk to them. And just try speaking truth in love. Try acting as if you need that person and you want a positive relationship with that person. Now, let me give you a, a couple other practical thoughts. We recently had our annual members meeting during which we undertake a self-imposed yearly exercise of publicly affirming those who will serve us as elders and deacons. And we also ask the members to approve the annual budget. It's part of our earthly responsibility to function together productively as a group of human beings in the local church. Now, we had a unanimous vote to confirm those who will serve as elders and deacons until the next annual meeting. That's a good thing. That's also kind of remarkable for human institutions. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.